What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Birdie, the business freelance writer here. In this episode, we're going to talk about how do we create content that brings in clients. We know that content builds know, like, and trust. We know that content can build awareness. But how do we get all this momentum and turn it into clients and revenue? That is going to be the focus of this episode. We are joined by a guest. She is an award-winning business coach and consultant for online entrepreneurs who want to build profitable businesses on their own terms. Her book, We Mean Business, is a practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, coaches, and small businesses to build your brand and grow your business online. If you want to expand your company with the digital atmosphere, that is going to be the book for you. Her work has been featured in a bunch of different places like Business Insider, Vogue, National Geographic, and other publications. Our guest who joins us is none other than Christine Hansen. Christine, welcome. Thank you. Wonderful introduction. I'm absolutely honored to be here. Christine, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And the content that we produce, we spend a lot of time creating that content. It's a way to build awareness. But some people, they see the traffic numbers, but they don't see the revenue numbers rise in the same way they see traffic go up. So why do you think so many businesses see a disconnect between traffic growth and revenue growth? Oh, that's a very good question. So first of all, if you do have a lot of traffic, that's already great because a lot of people don't. But let's assume you do see traffic and you know that you have gotten everything right in terms of SEO, you have good titles, you're searchable, you do the work to get your content out there. I think what we have to be very conscious about is that when I started, which was around 2014, 2015, the world, the online world was very different from what it is now. And you might say this is only six, seven years ago, but honestly, in internet land, time has a different speed. Everything flows so quickly. And now also, if you look at the current state, we had the great resignation. A lot, a lot of people are starting to use online business. So one of the reasons is that you're not unique enough, which sounds really, really weird. But you basically need to understand that a lot of people talk about the same thing all over the place. And you can find everything on Google. It's the same question for clients. If you have a lot of people, but nobody signs up, it's not necessarily because you can't offer anything, but it's because basically everyone finds everything online in a lot of different shapes and forms. So how can you make sure that people actually get stuck and get interested in working with you after consuming your content rather than just consuming it or even just bouncing off your website after a second? And that is where the real work comes in, which is kind of uncomfortable in a way, but you really have to shine in your own unique way. And I have this huge philosophy that I live by, which is that you are not out there to find clients. You are out there to shine your specific, unique light so that the people already looking can find you. Because there are so many people looking exactly what you're offering, but they have a lot of choice. So you need to really make sure that they understand what you are about. That is your tone of voice, the way you like to structure things, 
It's the length of your content. Do you like to go into details? Do you like to be more scientific or do you like to use more stories or be anecdotal? Are you really funny or do you prefer to be a little bit sarcastic? It doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong as long as it really kind of empathizes you and your core essence. And that is not always easy because it means that you are kind of vulnerable because if someone says, oh, I hate this, it will mean they truly don't like a certain side of you, which is totally fine because you obviously don't like everyone else on the planet either. So it's, it is personal, but it's also me, you know, I don't like a lot of people either and it's fine, you know, so that I think is always important to remember. So I think the time of just writing objective kind of textbook content is kind of overdone because the era of blog writing was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Now it's more about explaining it in your own way. You can kind of remember if when you had a favorite teacher, the curriculum would be the same. Every teacher would teach the same things, but you had this one teacher who was able to explain it in a way that made you go, aha, light bulb moment. Whereas with other, it was just like this Snoopy Charlie Brown situation where you just, you could hear them speak, but you didn't know what they were saying. So, and that's how I feel you can convert because when people see your content and they're I get it. Oh, I had to chuckle or this is exactly, you know, I feel seen. I really feel like this person speaks to me. That's when they're going to outreach. And that's not going to happen from a boring textbook style kind of text. I mean, or video. <laughs> I mean, with any content that you create, want to like this episode, for instance, we're talking about content marketing, using the content that you create to build awareness, but also get clients. There are a lot of episodes that talk about this. There's a lot of blog posts, a lot of YouTube videos that cover the same exact topic, but it is the unique style that each content creator brings that generates attraction and makes people more interested in working with you versus being a copycat uh, podcaster or blogger or YouTuber and not really bringing anything unique to the table. That is going to get people more interested in your services. Now we can write about so many different topics or create episodes or YouTube videos, but naturally some topics do a better job at others when it comes to getting sales. So how do you suggest we come up with the right content ideas that can move people along the customer journey and eventually come to work with us. So I think it's about having a good mix of content in that way. So you can go, the way that I do it is that I have some content that's more organic in terms of from conversations or from personal issues or triggers that I had. And then I have some very sober numbers content, which means that I've did my research and I looked at what is the key, what are users looking for? What are the keywords? Which articles are trending well? Why are they trending well? What is the header that they use? What are the subtitles that they use? How long are they? And then you do research. And I have to be very honest, I hire people to do that. And they come back to me with a brief, which is like three pages long for each piece of content. So that's one way. And it's absolutely legitimate to do it because the numbers tell you, you know, this is what people are looking 
for. And you will see that if you go to my website, you will see in my blog, you, there's a mix of it. A lot of them are podcast episodes and I take the text from the blog podcast episode. And then you see some long form content in this, which are just written, which are between, which are usually around 3000 words long. So it's a really big piece of written content. So that is a different game altogether because you do need to put a lot of work in it and it's very strategic. So that is one way of doing. And I think you should always aim at providing a little bit of that because they do really have fantastic value. You still write it. Don't get me wrong. You get the ideas that should be in there from the person who does your research but you write it in your tone and voice, or you use a ghostwriter who knows you very well. It depends on what level you are in your business and also if you like writing or not. But why am I saying writing? Simply because we all want to flirt with Google. Google is the biggest and cheapest search engine ever and the biggest referral partner that you can get. And Google is focusing on the written word. It's just much easier for it to pick up that you are a trusted source. The more it trusts you, the more it's going to show you to people. So that is one way of doing it. So very strategic, very analytical in a way. The second part though, is that I really like to have a little bit of humanity sprinkled in there as well. So I tend to have really short pieces in there as well about daily lessons that I learn as an entrepreneur, which might mean that I've been scrolling through my feed, Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, whatever it is, and something made me click or made me wonder or upset me. And then I ask myself, why? Why was this interesting? Why was this annoying? And then I take my thoughts apart and I try to draw a lesson from it. And that is where people get to know you. And I honestly think you need to have that balance of educational where people see, oh, okay, they know what they're talking about, but also personality where they know what you are about. And that's also where I talk about social media content. Social media content in general is not necessarily to educate unless if you're on Instagram and you focus on Instagram on your business, sure. But you need to remember that when people go to a search engine like YouTube or Google, their mindset is that they already look for something. They don't just go to Google and browse. They have to type something in. So they are already ready to spend a couple of minutes. With Instagram, it's entertainment. They flick through. Their brain is not ready to stay stuck for minutes on end. It's a second game. So for me, I like to get people to my website to educate them. And then when they want to know what I am about, they go to my social media where it's all content is about me. You know, who am I as a person? Or it's the other way around. They find me on social media and they think, oh, she's funny, but does she actually learn what she's talking about? Then they go to my website and to my blog and they can see the substance. And I feel if you do those two things, you speak to analytical bias and you speak to emotional bias. And I really like that dynamic with the social media and the website because the website, that is where a lot of the revenue happens. That is where people have this uninterrupted view of your brand versus social media where ads are going to pop up. Mm -hmm. uh, people are just scrolling naturally and you have to think what is the buyer thinking or the prospect thinking when they are on any of these platforms. And 
Just look at yourself when you're on social media. You're not there looking for business. You just, you're lucky to stumble upon something. You go to the website and then when you're on that website, you have a different mentality. So thinking that way can help with how you incorporate both those in your strategy. Uh, You're going to get a lot of data points when you use social media, blogging, podcasting, YouTube. What are some of the data points you focus on to guide your strategy? I mean, a lot of people, they just say like, look at how the revenue goes. Um, But there are a lot of smaller data points that lead us to that main one that everyone seems to focus on. I actually, and this might not be the smartest thing to do. I'm not the biggest data driven person at all because I've really discovered that sometimes I have the biggest number of people signing up to my email list or following my podcast, but they don't convert as clients. Interestingly enough, it's always been the underdog focusing or converting as clients very easily. That might be from a completely different niche, which is also why I don't do the typical branding structure of thinking, assuming you know who your perfect client is going to be. You know, where you do, okay, it's a male in his 30s, he's working here, he has this car. Because I did that with my first company, Sleep Like a Boss, which I sold at the beginning of the year. And my goal was CEO women. In the end, even though the branding was gold and and pink and very feminine, more than half of my customers were alpha males you know, so, and not all CEOs from all different backgrounds. And you taught me the most important lesson, which is that you can assume as much as you want. It doesn't mean that you speak to those people, that those people are actually attracted to you. So what I find, and no data can give that to you, is that the people that I convert the easiest are people that like me, (laughs) that laugh when I laugh, that get my quirkiness. And that is why I'm saying you have to infuse your content with your essence, because that's the easiest way to convert it. And the people are, they have nothing in common, not even gender, not age, not even jobs. In the beginning, I thought, okay, I'm only going to talk to people, to coaches online. Turns out a lot of my clients are actually artists, you know, they're painters, feng shui designers, you know, of course, still some are coaches, but not only at all. So what I really find is that it's more their personality rather than an age group or, you know, an academic background or anything like that. So I like data in terms of it is interesting, but it's not necessarily how I design my content to attract. And that's a really interesting take because a lot of people who I hear from, like they, they, there's this focus on the data, use data to make decisions, but sometimes you get way too deep into the data or look at the wrong data points and make the wrong decisions. There is a lot of value in data, but there's also a lot of value in just looking around, listening yes. to your gut. And I mean, Christine, like she had this customer avatar for her first company and she's looking around like, that's not who I'm really attracting with the company. So sometimes you just got to look at your assumptions, realize they could be wrong and look at what's actually happening in front of you that you're able to see in the moment versus only relying on the data. Yeah. And I think it also obviously depends on the service that you offer. I do offer a very 
you know, personality driven service because I work so closely with my people and we need to get along. Otherwise it's just uncomfortable. But obviously if you have an, an e-commerce store, if you sell objects or products or even, you know, co content like courses, it's a little bit different, right? But if it's something where people are buying from you, that is the most important thing. It's knowing who you actually are. And sometimes we, obviously we don't ever know entirely who we are, but being aware is not a bad thing. And you bring up another point that I want to go into. We talk about horses, books, and we talk about services. And I really want to go into the different dynamics when it comes to using content to promote each of those, because a book in a low end course those don't require as much effort because we're talking about something that's like uh, a book is maybe 20 to $30. If you have a traditional publisher self-published, you can get it even lower. So it's not as big of a commitment versus services. You could be charging thousands of dollars a month. So I'm wondering what are the differences in the, uh, the content creation strategy for something like a book and course versus a high-end service? Yeah. So to me, actually, a book and course is part of selling the high-end service. It's just a stepping stone. But the difference is that, for example, if you create content or social media content, because most of us would probably sell our smaller products through social media, you can pre-schedule it. That's my biggest difference. It's things that are just truths. You have certain things that are inside of your course or content, and they won't change. Once you've set it up, that's it. You know exactly what's in there. You know what you serve. You can, you know, take sneak peeks. So it's quite objective. You can obviously create emotional content through looking at which situation might people be in that are interested. Where are they struggling? But in general, you would be able to create, pre-create all your content in advance because it's a firm thing and you can draw from it. Services is a little bit different in my opinion. Services is something that needs to be up to date. It needs to go with the time. It needs to go with political situations. It needs to go with you, how you feel at your time in this world. So when I promote, for example, my services, I create my content ad hoc, which means I create it spontaneously. I don't, I might sit down and I prepare it, but I then immediately post it rather than creating a whole, you know, content war that is pre-scheduled and research just, well, obviously Instagram algorithm changes every day. Everyone is just frustrated, but they recently actually showed some research that it doesn't favor you anymore when you just create content to create content. So, you know, all the posts with pizza or pasta or, you know, what do you think you're there? People are over it. They want to go deeper. So, and that is difficult to pre-schedule. So I might have a list of ideas, but I develop them right at that moment where I feel this speaks to me right now. It needs to be more direct rather than pre-scheduled, which is totally possible with courses and books. But for your coaching services or for any bespoke services, I feel people need to know that you are in it at that moment. And for these services, are you leading people to some type of an opt-in page like you see with books and courses or are you like a, a 
call to action at schedule and appointment? Like what's your approach for that? Yeah, I'm actually converting most of the time pretty directly. So I do have a funnel, but I don't convert much from my funnel, to be honest. Most of the conversion that I do are from direct call to action as to, you know, I'm opening up my client roster for three clients. If you're interested, send me a message. And then I book a pre-scheduling call or pre-qualifying call as I as I call them right there and then, you know, so it's not necessarily a whole campaign. I do have the funnel, but also here, unless you have a very new audience who isn't used to the online space, your audience has seen it all and they're over it. They don't want to see another webinar specifically after this time of webinars and online conferences. They don't want to do it. So I changed it to actually I'm using audio a lot. So a private audio feed where only subscribers can get access to. So I try to change this up again. And that's also why I'm always mindful about spending too much money on an evergreen funnel, because even though they work very well, you do want to switch them up quite frequently in terms of with what do people need right now? How do they want to consume right now? What can they consume? You know, how much space is left in our brain? Do you want long content? Do you want short content? What is going on right now? So I do always have both, but personally, I actually do it. I believe in super simple business systems. And so I usually do it. Okay. I have three slots and I do that through newsletter or through social media. And then I convert from there. And I really like this dynamic of the real time content where a lot of people, they just create content calendars that they think their audiences will come to enjoy, but having some space for real time that's going to allow you to stand out from competition because not everyone's thinking that. And even the people who are, it's like breaking news. The first person to get the story out is going to have such a big advantage on all the people who uh, kind of piggyback on that initial report. So I love that mix of real time and evergreen content. Uh, looking at your data a little bit to see uh, which direction should I be going, but at the same time, not being over-reliant on that data and moving forward with it. Christine, if you want us to follow you on your journey, which I'm certain you do, where do you suggest we go to keep following your work? The easiest is going to christinemeansbusiness.com. That's my home on internet land. It changes constantly. I always do different things all the time, but that's where you'll find all my links, everything you need to. Well, Breakthrough Success listeners, we will have a link to Christine's website in the show notes. Make sure you also pick up a copy of her book, We Mean Business. If you want to grow your content brand, that is going to be a great book for you. Christine, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye.